Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to We Gotta Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where, as you just heard, it is all about real talk on big topics. We like to dig deep. We love a good detail. And today's topic is no different. So um, I'm really going to make people mad with this topic, I think, but um, that's why it's worth digging into. So I know we all love our fast fashion. We love a great deal of 40 and 50% off. We love getting a t-shirt for two bucks or a whole outfit for 25 even on some websites, the Gaps, the Zaras, the Sheans of the world. They certainly serve a very, very hungry marketplace. But the question we're asking and hopefully answering today is, is fast fashion killing our planet? It may sound dramatic, but there are some pretty serious statistics to back up this theory. The equivalent of 20,000 liters of water is used to make one t-shirt. By 2050, this is according to the World Economic Forum, there will be more plastics in the ocean than fish. And they say that's a result of all of the microfibers shedding from some fabrics like polyester garments that are being made en masse. 85% of textiles end up in the dump. This is a really, really, it's kind of a depressing way to start off the podcast, frankly, but I really wanted to set the tone for why this discussion is so important. Usually, at least I don't think about the impact of the clothes that I put on in the morning and the downline, the downstream effects of how that was made, how that came to be. But today's guest is here and she is an expert on all things sustainable fashion and her company is helping to turn things in a better direction. I'm really excited to welcome Shannon Lore, who's the fact or the founder of Factory 45. It's a company that helps entrepreneurs launch sustainable and ethical fashion brands. So Shannon, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. Sunny, thank you so much for having me. And I think at the root of this problem, Shannon, is that we all like our stuff and we all like a lot of stuff and we all like a lot of cheap stuff. So the job you have in running Factory 45 and sort of trying to change the tide of this and, and help make more sustainable and ethical brands is that you have to change the opinions and the buying habits of a whole lot of people. Yeah. Uh, small order, right? Uh, no pressure there. Um, I don't mind people to convince Shannon. No yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's really the brands that I work with to help them launch. They are all sustainable and ethical fashion brands run by independent entrepreneurs who are the ones starting and having those conversations. So much of the education for the consumer comes from the actual brands, the smaller sustainable fashion brands who are willing to talk about it on Instagram, why it's important, why sustainable fashion may cost more, um, why it matters, why it matters to the planet, why it matters to who makes our clothing, all of those things that, like you said, you may not be thinking about when you get dressed in the morning. Yeah. What is the key step in convincing a consumer that it's worth investigating sort of the history of their, of their garment? Because I would like, like we, like we've already said that I think if people knew more about the impact of the clothing that they were wearing, the things they were buying, they'd be more inclined to at least try more. But do you find that that's part of your biggest challenge is the education component? And how do you get that word out? For sure. Um, well, it's funny. I think it started with, you know, we see sort of like this progression. It started with food, right? We saw organic food and that became more mainstream. And people have an understanding of why it may be important to think about where your food comes 
comes from and what you're eating. Um, then it went into kind of beauty and beauty products, um, shampoos, hair product, all of that stuff. And then it, now I think it's finally sort of getting into fashion and our clothing and why that matters. But it really, I honestly think it's word of mouth, it's social media, mm -hmm. and it's just starting to think about it in a different way. That little like one thing you may hear, one thing you may read can start a trickle effect. So what you do is essentially a person with an idea for a fashion line comes to you and says, okay, Shannon, this is my idea for, I don't know, a line of really cute little black dresses. Um, and you take the concept and Factory 45 essentially brings that into fruition, but with all of these sort of ethical guidelines leading the way, right? So we start with a overview of what it means, right? What does it mean to be a sustainable fashion brand? It can, it can mean so many different things. I always say there's no such thing as perfectly sustainable. Anytime you're making something new, it has an impact. So where can you, along the way, you know, improve your supply chain, improve the clothing in, in a more sustainable or ethical way? And where can we start from the beginning? And so that's one of the first things that we do in the Factory 45 program. So let's talk about that. How does a line who works with you look different? How are they kinder to our planet? I think a lot of times it starts with the fabric. So thinking about more sustainable fabrics, natural fibers, organic cotton, hemp, linen, those are going to just naturally be friendlier fabrics in the long in the long game. Because when you think about polyester. Okay. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. How? Explain how they're more. Yeah. So when you think about polyester, you know, it takes 200 years for polyester fabric to decompose in a landfill. It is, that's the end game. You start with polyester being made of petroleum, of oil. Wow. So from the, from the beginning to the end, um, polyester is a very, really any man-made synthetic fabric is very, very detrimental to the planet. And, and then you talked about even in the intro, the microplastics shedding into the ocean. Like all along the way, it's, we could talk about how you absorb it into your skin, you know, like you're absorbing plastic into your skin when you sweat. Um, there was a, actually a viral TikTok that just went um, and it was about uh, synthetic underwear and how that is the endocrine disruptors being absorbed into your skin. So just it's problematic across the board. Natural fibers is one way to sort of start. Wow. You just made me completely reconsider my entire underwear drawer. Although I like cotton. I mean, cotton is my choice, but you know, there are some fabrics, like I'm thinking of like the seamless underwear that yeah. you, you don't, like you really can't do cotton for everything, but I actually hadn't heard that. And now I'm more terrified. <laughs> That's my job. Terrify oh, everyone. <laughs> you know, you know what? It is, it is, I want to say it's time for us to be scared because that sounds a little doomsday, but you know, part of the reason we're bringing this conversation up today, and I know this is a little sort of insular maybe for people who, who aren't um, into fashion or interested in the sort of economy side of that business, but I think we all, whether or not we're fashion plates and redoing our closet every season, we need to talk about this. We got to talk about the impact that our personal buying decisions are making on the planet. So I just thought it was such a great way to bring this in because you see not only the impact of what fast fashion can have on the planet, but you're also living in the reality, like you said, of helping people bring their dreams to life and helping commerce go strong. I mean, we can't stop doing everything. So what Factory 45 to me sounds like it's doing is like marrying those two, um, those two needs in a really responsible way. 
Yeah, we're never going to stop shopping. I mean, we don't want, you know, we don't want to put a complete halt on the fashion economy, right? But I think it's more about thinking about the brands that you are supporting and where you are investing in your clothing. So let's talk about it from a consumer perspective for a minute, and then we'll dive into Factory 45. What can people begin to be aware of as they're shopping? Um, and, and bearing in mind that, you know, um, people kind of shop in different places. I know we're not all at the same stores or buying from the same websites, but what are some rules of thumb or keywords we can look for to make sure we're shopping responsibly? Yeah, I think it goes back to starting with to just go on, you know, your, let's say you're shopping on an e-commerce site, you're on someone's uh, brand's website, you go to the product description. Go, go there first, look at the fabrics. It will say what the fiber content is. If it says 100% polyester, 100% nylon, 100% spandex, maybe you want to rethink it. You know, go see if they have any fabrics or uh, products that have natural fabrics. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing you can look for is when you think about the manufacturing, you know, there is so much um, clothing that is made at the detriment of the people who are actually sewing that clothing. The brands that are proud of their factories are going to talk about it on their website. If there's no transparency there, then I don't know. Are they hiding something? Can you email? Can you can you post on social media and say, hey, where are your clo clothes made? Um, and then I think it, the third thing is thinking about the cost per wear. So yes, fast fashion is cheap. You can get a dress for less than $10 at Zara, you know, but are you going, how many times are you going to wear it? Can you invest in a more classic, less trendy piece that you're going to wear for years and years to come? That's going to hold up. It's not going to fall apart. Um, so I would say those are the three things to think about. Yeah. I hate throwing around the phrase investment piece. I try this mm -hmm. on my husband all the time, a bag, it's an investment piece address, but it really does hold true. And I know the ladies out there can sort of testify when you find that dress, I'm thinking of this one Diane von Furstenberg, just plain black dress, simple black yeah. dress that I got when I was 23, I think. And it's still in my closet today. I'm almost 41 years old. So yeah. there is, there is, like you said, some value to investing in some of these more expensive pieces if we know that they'll last the test of time. So I'm absolutely a big upvote on that. Who are some of the biggest fast fashion offenders? Let's get, let's get gossipy. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you can, I mean, you. Uh, I mean, so the one that I always pick on is H&M um, because the, of the greenwashing. There's this whole idea that there's this conscious collection and that, you know, oh, they're going to be all 100% organic cotton by, you know, whatever year. But, you know, a landfill overflowing with organic cotton is still an overflowing landfill. So the the uh, this idea that we can churn out 52 trends a year you know that's a new trend every week and that you're out of trend after seven days is just that that psychological piece of it is is that how the is that really what the aim of some of these companies is a new trend a week yes that it's an it's that's where we are that's the fast fashion cycle is a new trend a week 52 trends a year I mean, where, where are the consciences of the people running? The, I know that this is really sort of rhetorical and too big of a question to kind of skewer at once. But um, I, even as like a relatively uneducated consumer in this discussion, it feels like that's like a big target on the back of a lot of these companies, even for PR reasons, you would think, okay, 
as that company, they would begin to try to sort of trend in the right direction, just so they look good, even if they don't believe in saving our planet. Yeah. And I think that's what they do by saying we're going to use all organic cotton, you know, but organic cotton still takes a lot of water, you know, so there's no like perfect solution. The best solution would be to slow down the fast fashion, like, cycle. I mean, it is just this engine the that monster. can, yeah. It's, yeah. It, well, um, so what, what advice would you give to, um, you know, I, it, we reach a, a demographic here, got a couple younger people, a lot of like people, you know, in their thirties and forties, but we're shopping for young kids. We're shopping for nieces and nephews and things like, I know my son loves, you know, Nike and, mm-hmm. you know, do I feel great picking up a new Nike T-shirt, knowing the sort of um, the history that's behind some of their production, um, you know, the production stories that we hear. No, but like what what is some rule of thumb that we can use as far as when we can lean into that for a second when we have to and when we pull back? Yeah, I'm. I am such a proponent for kids. I have two kids myself. You know, they grow so fast. They're out of the next size in a blink of an eye. Secondhand clothing. It is the best option. You can find Nike shirts, Nike shorts, Nike shoes for a fraction of the price also. So you're saving and it's been slightly, you know, gently used before. There's Poshmark is a great app where you can get secondhand clothing. And then for kids, I love Kidizen. It is the best app. It's so easy. And you're buying from like other moms who maybe they got gifted a Nike shirt, right? And their kid never wore it. And now they're selling it and passing it along. So for kids clothing, secondhand, I think. And, and, and now there's not the stigma anymore. I think as like a kid growing up, there was like, oh, well, if you shopped at Goodwill, like, you know, there was a stigma against it. Now it's like there, we have so much clothing that we have to reuse what other people were, were have worn or or at least bought. Yeah, I sure hope so. Do you think the next generation, do you think Gen Z and beyond will write this ship for us? They're going to try. You already see that Gen Z is so into upcycling right now and reworking clothing. So they'll take like um, a few different t-shirts or a button down men's dress shirt and turn it into a dress. Like they're just crafty. They're thinking about these things. I I definitely have hope with the, with the younger generations. What about looking at it from the production side of things? Do you envision a world ever where production is slowed, where the impact on the world kind of becomes more of a focal point and these companies are either forced to, or begin to sort of consider their role in this a little more? I'm an optimist and an idealist by nature, so I have to say yes. I I don't know that we have another option. Um, The problem is that money is still, you know, the driver. Um, And until we can kind of shift the bottom line and and rework things and what it means to uh, be a conscious business um, and make that a priority, then we're probably going to, you know, it's going to be a slow change, but it's the consumer who has the power, truly, if you can put the demand on these brands, um, you know, you vote with your dollars. As cliche as it is, you vote with your dollars. So what have you seen that's made you hopeful about what's to come? The younger generations, as you said, like they get it. They're like worried. They want to turn the ship. There's just um, 
you know, as we kind of grow up and then even like the millennials, they start to take over in the C-suites of these companies, you hopefully will, you know, have sort of that shift of mindset of, of what needs to happen and why it's so important. And then also just the more as we see climate change, you know, fashion is a top five contributor of climate change. There's no denying that. Um, so, like we don't really have a choice. That's crazy. Yeah, I was surprised in doing research for this to hear or to read too. Now these statistics are of course variable by source, but the 85% of textiles that end up going into dumps, so 85% of the clothing that we're wearing or will buy in the near future ends up literally trashed. Yes. Yeah, and and again, most of it, the majority of our clothing is made of polyester of mammoth man-made synthetics that are made of oil, petroleum, and they take two. So we have these dumps. We have like 85% of our clothing in the dump, and it's all going to take 200 years to decompose. Oh, my God. I feel I had a lot of reasons to be depressed on this podcast, <laughs> but this is like a top five moment. Seriously, though, it's like, I mean, uh, you know, I think future generations will look back on us and be like, these vain bitches, I they know. just cared about their stupid Shein dress for the party <laughs> on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels, um, icky, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. You're walking into my world. You should see me at a party or my, uh, I was at a birthday party this weekend. I'm like always the bearer of bad news. <laughs> Are you like that dress is, you know, made I, 20 I, gallons of petroleum? I try not to be, but if someone will bring it up and I'm like, oh, and, and this, and did you think of this? You know, I actually think let's, let's dive into that a little bit more because, you know, as, as a woman who is, you know, spends what a decent amount of time at home doing things, but also has a professional presence and a need to be out and dressed up. What are some good options for us for when we want to hit the town, when we want to go to work that is um, going to give us not trendy is the word, but some up-to-date looks that are responsible that aren't going to make us part of the problem. Let's speak to like that, like the going out yeah. outfits, the work outfits. Where do we look for those? So I love the idea of kind of this like capsule wardrobes have become, you know, mm. kind of trendy, but like the idea, it doesn't even have to be a capsule wardrobe. It can just be a few pieces that you love, that you feel really good in, that maybe are investment pieces. And then when you go out, you change them up with your accessories, right? Like that's like just a, a, a small way to sort of maybe you have, a, a, you know, a silk scarf that you throw in or a different necklace or you wear your hair a different way with an accessory, whatever it is. Um, I think that that we often buy and shop for this like psychological like oh, it just makes me feel better. I'm wearing something new. It, it, it all feeds into this idea of how we feel. And I think there are other ways to feel good without investing in fast fashion. I love that. So the capsule um, option, I, I mm -hmm. personally have strived for that in the past. And anyone who's listened for any length of time knows that I have gone through multiple periods of minimizing um, my wardrobe in my closet. And I do really try to keep a core kind of um, like vibe, if mm -hmm. nothing else. And I found too, and not that I'm offering fashion advice, because I'm literally, I'm in Target sweatpants right now, Shannon, <laughs> and, and a tank top. But what this is just, you know, it's just some every girl advice. Um, what I have found to be helpful, because I don't consider myself to be a person who requires too, too much of a professional and or going out wardrobe. But if I find, I, I try to find a vibe or um, a style mm -hmm. that I like, and I will only go to 
two or three websites and keep my look within a certain type so that I know whatever I'm bringing in automatically goes with what I already have. And once in a while, I'll bring in like a new piece, but having a style and finding a style that's worked for me has really helped me keep my extra shopping to a minimum because now I know, okay, well, this is like the general vibe that I like. These are the like three and four places that I know I'll always find something. And when I add it in, it fits, it goes with everything. I love that. And you know, if it feels too, um, like too much to figure out your style or your vibe, like you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what my style or vibe is, start with a color palette. You know, I love just like a, you know, black, white, chambray and like a dusty pink, like that's your color palette, whatever it is, pick, you know, a few colors and then stick to that Mm -hmm. because then you're just, the vibe can change, but at least you have colors that you know are going to go together. Yeah. I love that. Um, If you could tell us what a closed loop clothing brand is. I'm not overly familiar with that. Yeah, so Closed Loop thinks about the supply chain from the beginning to the end. So we think about, you know, how our clothes are made, but then we don't often think where are they going to end up. And so closing the loop means that oftentimes the brand will, you can send the garment back to the brand after you're done wearing it and they'll recycle it, turn it into something new. It's closing the loop on the entire process. Oh, that's interesting. So it accounts for what you do after you've worn it multiple times. Right. So that it doesn't end up in a landfill or the dump. Wow. What are, do you know of any brands offhand that do this successfully? Yes. Um, for now, no, it's, what is it called? For days. For days. Thank you. Producer Rachel came up big on that. Yes. Okay. So I actually don't know about them. I'm going to do a little googly goo while we chat here. What's their vibe? What is, what is, so it's a lot of basics, casual. Um, They also send you a bag to like send the clothing back. So you don't even have to come up with like the shipping label or the bag you're going to send it back. They make it super, super easy. Um, Really cool basics on this site. mm -hmm. I'm like quickly browsing it, like great tanks even like a cute pair of overall sweatshirts. I love this. Okay. Yeah. And more brands are doing it. Even like some of the smaller brands that, um, like the, some of the brands that I work with, they're doing it, but they're not advertising it necessarily. Like it's just something that they'll follow up with you via email and say, you can send this back and we'll rework it. You know, I just found this out too. And don't hold me to this if this doesn't continue to be true, but it was at a time. If you bring your old Lululemon clothing back for each piece, they give you $10 off a new one. And I believe that they have found a way to responsibly reuse or maybe resell that. Does that yeah. sound, does that ring a bell? That sounds right. H&M was doing it as well. I think H&M had to shut it down. Also don't- You're probably losing money. Yeah. Well, well, I think, and I think it just got too, to be too much. People, they're like, we're not a recycling center. And people were just like bringing their clothing. Um, don't hold me to that either because they may still be doing it. Um, but at some point, yeah. Some of the bigger brands are catching on and it's encouraging to know that even if they're not closed loop yet, or if they're not, you know, producing clothing in what many would consider the most ethical way that they're still addressing sort of some component of the, of the production cycle. Right. And as I said, there's no such thing as perfectly sustainable, right? So you have to think about it in terms of like, where can we have our best impact or where can we do it a little bit better along the way? Where are some places we can recycle our clothing that's not rewearable? Do you know of any of those? 
So you can take them to a textile recycler. There's probably one in your city you don't even know about. So you can Google that. Um, in terms of like the one that's most known is Goodwill. So you take your clothing there. They may resell it. Most of it does not get resold. Some of it gets shipped off to parts of Western and Eastern Africa and infiltrates their secondhand markets, which is like a whole other thing we could talk all day about. Not great, but a portion does get recycled as well. Wait, so, why is that not great? Fill me in. Um, it's it's just so basically we're shipping our trash to other countries. Yeah. And instead of people investing in like the artisan work or the the clothing that's made in those countries, they're just able to buy our trash for like two dollars or less. So it, it's just this whole kind of uh, economic breakdown that happens. Right. Gosh, the longer I'm on this planet, the more I realize we seem to have had it right. Like there was probably a sweet spot in, I don't know, maybe like the 1700s, not like civil rights wise or women's rights wise. So don't get me wrong, but like where the, the, the production chain seemed not so invasive and impactful on earth. Right. Well, it was when we were like making our own clothing or, you know what, we didn't even need to like be making our own clothing, but when we were mending our own clothing, right? Like you think about the 19th, even our grandparents, they would, you know, darn those socks. They would like fix that hem. They would fill in that hole, patch those overalls. And we don't do that anymore. It's really, it's really shameful to think about like the excess of things. And like you said, it doesn't even go that far back. I remember my, my grandfather who was worked manual labor. So he like really wore his war through clothing, but like having like five pair of pants. I was like, pap, you, we need to take you to like Kmart or something. And he was like, I'm good. You know, the mentality really, um, is so different. And, and that's, I guess what both gives me hope, but also troubles me is that we don't make minds like we used to. There's a real <laughs> lack of, you know, this is a whole separate conversation. But to me, one of the drawbacks in trying to introduce new generations to this concept, and not everyone, because I know there are open minds, but trying to get people into this is convincing them that they're not the center of the world mm-hmm. and the universe. And this generation, and listen, I'm going to include myself at times, thinks they need to be at the center of every conversation that they're they're everything needs to be upheld at every moment that caters to their particular preferences or whims and that's what worries me looking forward is that we need to broaden that perspective a little and now I officially sound like an old person <laughs> well thank you for joining me I always sound like my friends are just like can we just you know um no you're yeah it, it's it's Again, the psychology also of this instant gratification, right, that we now have, like we want it tomorrow because Amazon Prime tells us we can have it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so it makes the impulse purchases that much easier with one click of the button. You know, all of it it, it is it's a problem. Well, I guess the good news is there's a, a lot of opportunity for self-reflection. And I hope this conversation I know in me is going to sort of prompt some changes in, in that direction. So um, let's pivot and talk to, about Factory 45. So you are, like we said at the beginning, sort of in the business of helping companies who desire to be more ethical and sustainable, really go from idea from like blueprint to product. So mm-hmm. tell us um, some of the some of the lines you've helped to launch and what you're most proud of with Factory 45. Yeah, it's it's hard to narrow them down. Um, VETA would be the first one when you think about, again, back to kind of the capsule wardrobe, V-E-T-T-A. Mm-hmm. Um, they create 
five pieces that can be worn 30 different ways. So it's this idea of monthly capsule wardrobes um, and just the garments are beautiful. The marketing's beautiful, all of it. So I highly recommend. Um, Sotella is another one, S-O-T-E-L-A, um, that really promotes body positivity, um, women's changing bodies, you know, that happen, pregnancy, postpartum. Um, and then one uh, Santo Swim is a swimwear brand that takes um, uses nylon from uh, fishing nets that were have been found in the ocean, right, and recycle them into a more sustainable nylon. Um, so, yeah, those are three that I'll that I'll share off the top of my head. And you really help them. So when these women, uh, maybe I don't know who the founders of women or men came to you and said, you know, I have this idea. Are you literally taking them from like sketches to production? Yeah, most of them just have an idea in their head, um, and we start from the very beginning, and then through the program, we eventually launch with a pre-sales campaign. So this is what I believe is the most sustainable way to launch a clothing brand is that you are selling the product before you're making it, before you're creating any inventory. Yeah, what was the one? I'll have to see if I can find it and include it in show notes, but I recently was clicking through a blog, and she linked to something, and it said... The same thing is a concept brand new to me. It was like order now, making, you know, only enough. Yes, there's made to order, made, made to order. Yeah. Do you think that'll continue to trend? And and if for anyone who is, you know, maybe business minded and this is something that they're potentially looking into, tell us what the benefits of launching in that way are. Yeah. So I have a, a whole podcast ep episode actually on my podcast about made to order and how I really do believe it's the future of fashion. You see even more like the established brands, the luxury brands who are using this model because you're not, again, you're not creating inventory that you don't know will sell. So that means we don't have that excess of things sitting in a warehouse or sitting in a retail store or sitting in someone's basement un unable to be sold. Um, I, I would highly recommend anyone who is interested in starting a fashion brand, you can go listen to that episode on my podcast or just research it because it's less risky to your own wallet, all the things. It's, it's a win-win for everyone. What are some of the important mindsets that we'll have to change going forward as consumers? We talked about the idea of letting go of instant gratification or working on that. We talked about like the idea of being open to a capsule. As, as you you know record new episodes and continue to work in this space, what are some other mindset shifts that are helpful to the consumer so they can be part of positive change here? Yeah, I think... It's, it's buy less, buy better. And again, another kind of cliche that you've probably heard before, but it really is about thinking, do I need this? Will I wear it for years to come? Is it going to be trendless and seasonless and hold up? Um, that's really what this is all about. It's not necessarily about never shop at, you know, Shane or, or Zara or H&M. It's like, Think, just think, okay, if you are going to buy that piece and it's a fast fashion piece, will you wear it for mm -hmm. many years? And making that shift, I think, is the first place to start because we don't need overflowing landfills. We have, we have plenty of those. Are there any big lines that get it right or big stores? We talked about some great recycling and upcycling programs that some bigger companies offer, but is there anyone that we're missing as far as maybe an online destination that you've seen that's doing some encouraging things? Um. Patagonia, obviously, they're like the pillar. Um, obviously, that's not, you know, 
always everyday wear going out clothing. Um, Nisolo is one, their footwear and accessories. Kuyana is another one, um, elevate more elevated um, clothing. I'm trying to think of like where I, I go to shop. I, I buy mainly secondhand, honestly, ma mainly secondhand. And then um, from the brands that I help to, to launch, I'll, I, I shop from them too. That's so cute. Yeah, that Kuyana brand that you mentioned, it's uh, C-U-Y-A-N-A. I, I have, I don't know, I don't have many years ago, probably seven years or 80 years ago, bought one of their um, leather, like kind of makeup travel bags. Mm -hmm. And I was so struck by their tagline, fewer, better things that mm -hmm. I have used that as my mantra. Like that, I can, that was an indelible moment for me as a consumer. I was like introduced to this thought that, oh my gosh, I can actually get nice things and they can last for years. I don't have to follow. It was mm -hmm. like, so that one in particular, I really have to kind of throw a big yay up to because they've nailed their aesthetic. Yes. They also have this really great non-invasive way of reminding you that, okay, maybe we don't need all of this. You know what yeah, I mean? They do a great job. How do you feel about clothing rental services? Mm. Um, I like it for the, you know, idea that your clothing's being reused. Um, the problematic parts are the shipping, obviously, and the laundering, the, the cleaning of the clothing. It's not perfect. Um, but again, no such thing as perfectly sustainable. So I do think it's good that that clothing is being reused. Yeah, especially for those special occasions. So yeah. it seems like that would be a good option. Exactly. Uh, what are you most excited about with Factory 45 going forward? And tell us about some trends that we can sort of look forward to, not only with specifically with sustainability and ethical uh, production, but also just fun fashion trends that you're into. Oh man, I am like not trendy at all. So I'm like the be the worst person to ask. I don't even know about the trends. Um, but I will say that I'm excited about some of the brands that are going back to this idea of upcycling. There's one brand that uh, we helped to launch called Lottie, L-O-T-I. And she takes um, men's dress shirts and turns them into very like beautiful dresses. Um, she's got the kind of that LA vibe The um, and just just makes beautiful pieces. So I think this idea of using, whether it is recycled fabric or garments that can have a reworked life, mm -hmm. um, that's what I'm excited about in terms of trends shifting that way. And I think that's the Gen Z entrepreneurs are really, are really taking that, um, taking the lead. I love that. And if someone were interested in working with you with Factory 45, tell us how that process looks and where to find sure. you and all that good stuff. Yeah, if you're interested in launching a sustainable fashion brand, you can go to factory45.co and you can book a call to uh, talk to our director of enrollment about your business goals and if we're the right fit. Yeah, I was browsing your site earlier and you have a massive like team of um, mentors too. Mm -hmm. So what's cool, like I was seeing like even people that specialize in things like petite sizing. I was like, oh, wow, like, it's like very specific or influencer marketing. So it seems like a soup to nuts kind of setup you have here. Yeah. And all of our mentors are Factory 45 graduates. So they are people who launched their brands through Factory 45 and are now working with our entrepreneurs. They're running their own sustainable fashion brands, but they're now working with our entrepreneurs. So it's pretty cool to see them come back and kind of give back to the entrepreneurs who are just getting started. I love that. How many people have you graduated? 
over 500 at this point. So yeah, we've been in, we've been running the program since 2014. Um, and it, we've really worked this program into be the best option for launching a fashion brand um, and having that business mind, not just kind of the design or fashion mind. Most of the people who come through the program don't even have a background in fashion. Wow. That's insane. So they just come to you literally with the idea. Some come to most of most come to us with just the idea. Some are farther along. We can kind of work with whatever stage you're in. I feel like I should have asked this way at the beginning, but what is your background before you started Factory 45? I was a journalism major. Stop. Yeah. Did you work in news at all? Or you I I worked for um, Sports Illustrated this the summer of my senior year in college. And then um went a different direction. I went, ended up, I graduated in 2008, peak of the financial crisis. So went to Australia and bartended. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why didn't I take that grad plan? I know, I know. That is, how was that? Was that awesome? Yeah. I spent two years really like bartending my way around the world, lived in South Africa, Southeast Asia, Australia. How amazing is that? I was just telling someone the other day, I don't have many regrets, but I do regret not having used my time young to travel more and to study abroad and to do those things, you know? Yeah, the gap year. It's something that people in Europe do. It's just like part of the graduation process. I think we need to adopt it here. Can we adopt <laughs> it as 40-year-olds, do you think? Yeah, you can. Anytime. <laughs> I'm taking a gap year from my domestic life. Right. Bring everyone with me and just extract us from our responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's fun. All right. Well, Shannon, you have been a joy to talk to you. Thank you for diving into the more complex parts of this and also um, telling us all about what you do. Before we let you go, I know we went over your website and everything. Tell us more about the podcast and where we can listen to you. Sure. Yeah. My podcast is very simple. Start your sustainable fashion brand. So you can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm also on Instagram at factory45co. Awesome. Shannon, thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for also having this conversation because it's it's things like this that start to you know change the tide. Yeah, just a little bit of conversation, always a good thing. Yeah. Shannon, thank you. All right, and guys, thank you for listening. Um, that was so fascinating. I love digging into um, areas that I really didn't know too much about before. And I'm really grateful to Shannon for spending some time digging into that very big and complex issue. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of We Gotta Talk. If you don't mind, I would love if you could leave a rating and review. Those help this show to get out to people who might find it useful or entertaining. I'm so grateful for your support. Please follow on Instagram at Sunny Abada or check out our latest blog post at wegotatalk.com slash blog. See you next time. Yeah.